0: And, uh, so 2nd Corinthians chapter one, and we're going to talk to this morning about serving, uh, the God of comfort, the God of all comfort. And, uh, so I want to start, I'll just read through the, the passage, um, real quick. Actually, let me pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning, Lord. I thank you for this congregation, Father God, for your church body. And being able to serve this segment of it, Father, I thank you for the fellowship in this room, Lord, for the love and the desire to to worship you and to know you, Father, and to just walk according to your spirit, Lord. Because, <laughs> Father, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we thank you for freedom this morning in Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 So in First uh, Second Corinthians chapter one, starting in verse three, Paul writes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, It is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings, which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings. So also you will partake of the consolation. So. Again, we're going to be talking about the God of comfort uh, this morning. And uh, kind of just as we get started, I want to, to share another verse with you. And I have a good friend named Abigail who um, reminds me of this verse quite often. And in Proverbs 11.25, it says, The generous soul will be made rich. But then it goes on to say, And he who waters will also be watered himself. Now, I don't know what translation she usually sends me, but it says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. New Living Translation, New Living translation okay. And I really like that. I really like that. And that's what she, she sends me quite often. And uh, it's, a, it's an encouragement for me, you know. And so this morning, um, what we're going to really look at in the, in the Word is uh, a God who refreshes us and calls us to refresh others. So let me just ask this. Has anybody, has anybody been refreshed by the Lord lately? Yeah. Anybody been just given a measure of peace? <laughs> okay. Uh, a measure of security, you know, a measure of blessing that we, we know only comes from Him, you know. And uh, I know I have. And that's great because God, God has given us all things. And He's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Um, even so much... In the fact that God, uh, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift, every good and perfect gift of your life, regardless of where you think it comes from, comes down from the Father of lights, from whom there's no variation or shadow of turning, right? Every good gift is from God. Amen. And uh, so this morning, we're going to be talking about the fact that we actually have a command from the Lord to refresh others. And we're going to look at in the fact that God has already actually equipped us all to do the work of reconciliation and consolation for others. He's already equipped us. And we're going to look at how does God equip us? How does he use um, the aspects of our life to to build us up for this ministry, right? So starting again in uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Now, I just want to I just want to stop right there. And, uh, you know, I'm so thankful. And I think we should all be so thankful for the fact that we're here today. We're gathered here this morning, not just to worship, you know, um, the God of all power, the God of all strength the God of perfect judgment, but we're here to worship a God who defines himself by his mercy, and we're here to worship the God of all comfort, you know, and that's something to be thankful for, because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of things in this life that, that put us in a need of being comforted, right, rather it's to be consoled or rather it's to be strengthened, really it's kind of a two sides of the same coin, right, And I think uh, as I was reading this, I was thinking about the pagan world. And in the pagan world, they worship a god based on what they want to receive and be blessed by. So the Egyptians, they worship the Nile, right? The god of the Nile. Why? That god, anything that had to do with that river, all the provision that came out of that water source, all of their crops and livelihood, they, if they needed help, they went to that God, the God of the Nile. You've got the God of the storm, right? You need, you need someone to take care of the weather, you need someone to make it rain, they go to that God. You've got gods of health and finances. Well, we have a God who's the almighty God, the supreme God. He's over all things. And so for us, if you, if you take that mindset... If I need to go to a certain God for this certain thing, well, our God is also the God of all comfort. And he is able to give that and to work through every situation to provide comfort, to provide strength. And I just found myself so thankful as I considered that, you know, um, because God's arm is not shortened that he cannot save, you know. So doesn't that feel good? It feels good to me. Um, but going on to verse four, it says, blessed be the Lord our God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our tribulation. Now, this is also where I had to stop, right? I can't even get through a whole verse. Every, every comma I'm having to stop and think about what I'm reading. And, uh, I look at this and I say, well, wait a minute. Tribulation? What tribulation? Okay, if you're the God of comfort, Lord, the the comfort I want is I don't want to go through tribulation. That's the kind of comfort I want. Just make me feel comfortable all the time and I don't have to worry about it. That would be good, right? I'd love that. But uh, the bottom line is Jesus says anyone who seeks to follow after me will suffer persecution. Jesus says that in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, because I have overcome the world, and uh, so the God of comfort is also the God of mercy, and, and you know, we do go through seasons where it seems like, man, we're just so blessed, tribulation, I don't even know what that word means right now, you know, we're just so blessed, and that's good, you know, and I'm thankful for God of mercy, who allows us to live like that, but as uh, me and my wife have been, or as, as Courtney's been reading, she, she came to me the other day, and she was like, you know, I never realized how much of the New Testament is just telling us that we're going to suffer. Like, not if, like, we're, you're going you're gonna, to, it's going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's a fact. And so, you know, God works through these issues of our life through our tribulations, through our trials, through our our hardships, even through our own personal (coughs) failures to do something good with it. And he's a God that in the midst of these things, what should be on the forefront of everyone's mind is Hurricane Harvey, you know? Talk about a tribulation. I've never had my house washed away. I've never seen a wind so strong that my roof was pulled up. Actually, I saw my neighbor's roof pulled up once, but it was a shed, so no big deal. I've never had to deal with that, never had to deal with that, but there are people dealing with that right now, right now, but see God has a plan for these tribulations, he has a plan for these trials that not to make our lives free of them necessarily, but to show himself in the midst of them, to give you peace in a situation That's chaos. To give you joy in the midst of a situation that causes sorrow. To give you strength in circumstances where you have no strength. This is how God works through our lives. And he proves himself true in that. Because if I never knew suffering, I would have never understood the goodness and the mercy and the joy of our Lord. Right. And uh, that's what God works through us uh, to do. And not only uh, for ourselves, but God works through us in these tribulations to prove the power of his word to others. So that we can be ministers. Yes, of the word, but also of the spirit and the power of God. You know, two of my favorite verses, I probably say that every week and I probably have a different verse, but two of my favor- favorite verses, in uh, also in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, God said, or, uh, Paul writes that with God there is not yes and no, but all the promises of God are yes and amen, right? And uh, the other one I just forgot, so there you go, you got one for free, but I uh, forgot the other one already. Maybe it wasn't my favorite. But, uh, oh, the other one is, and the kingdom of God is not a kingdom of word, but a kingdom of power. A kingdom of power. And so if I can declare to people the goodness of, of God, that he has power to save you, that he has power to overcome your circumstances, that God has power to, to provide a family, a home, even though theirs was just washed down the river. That God has the, the ability to to provide the food and the needs for, for a, a, a husband, a wife, and their children where they have nowhere to go and they just lost their job. If I, if I can say that, but that has never been evidenced in my own life, then there's no power in those words. So God actually allows us to go through tribulations, he actually allows us to suffer so that he can show his power in comforting us and providing for us so that we can in turn be a refreshment to others through that same hope. Through that same hope. So uh, let's keep reading. Verses uh, 4 and 5 who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us so our consolation also abounds through Christ and see this is where man this is where the glory of God comes in so so strongly i can i can boldly proclaim god's character because i've experienced it And I can tell you I know who God is, and I know that his promises are true, and I know he's able because I've seen it time and time again, and his promises are yes and amen, so be it. Sometimes I just say so be it instead of amen because it makes it, you know, more real to me in what I'm saying. Amen, so be it. You know, when you can say, no, 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 I do understand. I was broken, and God healed me. No, my marriage was falling apart and God restored it. No, I was homeless with nowhere to go and God provided the means, not by my own strength, but by his own hands. I do understand your hurt. I do understand your, your trouble. I do understand your addiction. And I'm not gonna tell you oh, I can do it. I, c- I did it so you can too. No, I'm gonna tell you I couldn't do it and neither can you, but God is able Because for every comfort of your life, we serve the God who's the God of that as well. And for every power needed in your life, we serve the God who's the God of that as well. And for all your failures and troubles, of which you do, just like I I do, stand guilty before God, we serve the God of all that mercy as well. And I love Pastor Mark. He really, you know, drives it in that... (laughs) You know, what, what's the requirement of, of, of receiving mercy from God? Not deserving it. Man, I love that simple truth. People so often, I don't deserve for God to forgive me. And I think I freak them out, honestly, because I, I just don't forgive. I don't deserve God's love. And they say this really, you know, with a, a conviction on their heart. And I look at them right in the eyes and I say, you know what? You are totally right. And I go, what? <laughs> you know, you are totally right. You don't deserve any of it. But man, God's going to give it to you anyways. Because he loves you and that's his character. You know, and that's the God who we serve. That as we allow the Lord to strengthen us. And as we allow the Lord to comfort us, then man, we can look back at the situation. Now that it's passed. And we can see what God did. And we can have joy in that. Man, thank you, Lord. And we can take that joy. And I can come to Harold, or I can come to our brother here, and I can impart that joy. I can, I can speak of that hope. And if they're willing to trust in that, then that hope becomes theirs. If they're willing to trust in that same Jesus. And that's why I love it. Uh, it goes on to say now in verse six. Now, if we are afflicted, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and your salvation. Man, I love that. Your afflictions, your tribulations, become the the opportunity for salvation to come through others. Have you ever thought about that? I don't think we sit around thinking about this all day. I don't. I don't. I don't think about. Oh, thank you, Lord, for all these troubles so other people can get saved. I didn't, that hasn't crossed my mind one time this week until I read this scripture, okay? But if we are afflicted, it's for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. For if we are comforted, it's also for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know As you are partakers of suffering, you will also be the partakers of consolation. Yes, here, but also we got to always remember that consolation, that real hope is our eternal consolation, where every tear is wiped away, right? Where Christ is going to build us a a home and a dwelling place that will never be flooded, that will never be destroyed, where you'll receive a body where you don't got to worry about hip surgeries, right? Amen to that. And so we, we get to, as we suffer, we get to join Christ, yes, in his, his life, but also in his death and in his ministry. You know, we talk a lot, I say we, um, the younger generation right now, and if you're not aware of this, my, my age bracket, the ones a little ahead of me and the ones a little bit behind me they want to talk all about Jesus' ministry. They want to talk all about how we are, the, you know, we're fulfilling it and we're walking in the power of their spirit. But you know what they always want to talk about? The signs and wonders. And that's, and they're chasing after signs and wonders. You know what Jesus' ministry was really marked by? More than anything, suffering. Read Isaiah 53. Clearest passage of Jesus' Ministry. You know what it is marked by? Suffering. And as we suffer, we become partakers with that. We become, we, we commune with God, and we join his life, his death, but also his ministry. Because Jesus, through his suffering, through his death, through his resurrection, through his temptations, now we can read in Hebrews 4, where we said, We have a high priest who has been tried in all things, yet without sin. And because of that, we have boldness to go before His throne of grace. And that was our—that was uh, the message I brought last time: is the, the the throne of grace in which we stand before. Right. So, let me also share. Philippians 1, 28. and this is talking more about persecution, but I think it applies. Or in Philippians 128, it says to not in any way be terrified by your adversaries, right, of this persecution, of the suffering that's coming on them, which to them is a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation from God. And so what's amazing is that the way that we suffer the way we walk through the life, the way we seek God and allow the Holy Spirit to bear fruit in that time becomes our partaking in Christ's ministry. Because what, what comfort does the world offer to people hurting, to people losing their children, to people being hit with hurricanes? What comfort is there other than maybe a cot at a shelter and a free bowl of soup. What, what, what real spiritual, heartfelt healing is available? None. None. But when they see those who have a hope and who in the midst of, of their mourning and we're walking through the same thing and we have joy, that is evidence. That is evidence of a founded hope in Jesus Christ. And that becomes a ministry to those who hate that evidence of their destruction. But anyone who's willing to chase after it and believe it, it becomes the evidence of their salvation. And if there's anybody here who's ever suffered, who's ever had trials, who's ever had God provide, you have already been equipped to share the consolation in the ministry of Christ to others. You have already been equipped to go and lead someone to simply trust in God. Let me say this um, before we close, or as as we're uh, coming to a conclusion here. When someone says, lead someone to Christ, we have this idea in America that it's, I'm gonna go to them, I'm gonna give them the gospel, they're gonna receive it, we're gonna say a prayer, and we're good, and if that happens, amen. That's usually, that's a big part of what I do. It's a big part of what I teach, great leading someone to Jesus is giving them the opportunity and the invitation to trust him in something, in anything, to just trust him. Because if you can get someone to trust Jesus with one part of their life, Jesus shows up and pulls them in, and they will give him everything. That's bringing someone to Jesus, stepping into their trouble and tribulation, and said, I trusted Jesus, will you? It is that simple. And some people will say no. Many people will say yes. And that is the ministry that every person, I don't care what your office title is. I don't care what your spiritual gift is. I don't care. I don't care. We have all received that ministry that as God refreshes others, or us, we can refresh others in his spirit. Amen? Amen. Let me close with um, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. This is a commandment. If we believe that the Word of God is the Word of God, then when He says do, we should do. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, but also for the interests of others. If there's any consolation or comfort that you have received, use that, share that to serve others. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning, Lord. I thank you for your word that convicts me and energizes me and does all kinds of crazy things to my heart. And uh, I thank you that your promises are yes and amen. But Lord, more than anything, I thank you that, Lord, our troubles, our sufferings, they're not in vain, Father God. And it's not even just this, well, if we endure enough, well, one day. No, Lord, you, you use it for your glory here and now, even. And you allow us the honor of being a part of your ministry and your love to other people, Father God. So I pray that we would just have softened hearts toward the lost and towards the broken, Father God, and that we would see our tribulations, Father, um, as an object of joy because you promised that you're going to make us perfect and complete on the other side, but also that you have purpose for it, that you redeem the time, Father, just as you redeemed us from the way of destruction. So we just thank you, Lord Jesus. And we pray for all of these um, people that are affected by the hurricane, Father God, that you would pour out a spirit of comfort upon them, that you would pour out your spirit of grace, and that through faithful believers, Lord, that as you work this message through the hearts of uh, of Christians across the, the state, that they would go in and provide the consolation of Christ that by becoming slaves to all, we might save some, Lord. And we know that's your heart, and so we just thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Um, we're going to go ahead and end with uh, Jesus paid it all. God's people said? Amen. Amen. Morgan, if you want to, uh, if I can get, well, the elders, if I can get, if I can get Lloyd and Bob and and Jim to come join me up front, and Morgan, we're going to.